Hello, and welcome to the One Week Golding Podcast. I'm Connor, and this is an interview with a filmmaker today. Uh, as always, uh, we hope you're staying safe out there and uh, keeping inside and doing your best to wash your hands as much as possible and not go out as much as possible. Uh, we hope all our fans out there are doing okay. And also, we hope all the theaters out there are, are doing okay. We hope they are able to reopen soon when it's safe, and we can't wait to go back to the movies. But until then, there are always new films online available to stream. And one of those films is the documentary Shadows of Freedom. This is a uh, documentary about World War II, specifically about uh, Algiers in North Africa. Um, this is interesting. This is about Operation Torch, which is about the Allied invasion of North Africa to retake Europe, which I really didn't know much about. And what's fascinating is that's specifically about the Jewish resistance in Algiers, uh, which especially is a story I'd never heard of before. Uh, Algiers at the time was part of France. So these were French citizens who were Jewish, who when the Germany took over uh, France, they they lost their French citizenship because they were Jewish, and they realized if we don't uh, fight back now, there's a danger that you know they realized what was happening with Europe, and they decided to fight back, and they assisted the Allies in the invasion of, of North Africa. It's a really terrific story that I'm glad I learned about, and I'm glad this film is here to help educate people because even though we think oh World War Two, it's it's always talked to death. There's always so many films about it. There's always interesting new angles or new corners of history we could talk about and this is definitely an area of world war ii history that deserves to have a greater discussion in public so i was very happy to talk to the directors of the film amos carlon and aileen robichaud about how they heard about this story uh the research they did and what they hope people get out of it today because you know it's it's still relevant the story to today's environment and the lessons of the resistance fighters she has an interview with the directors of the documentary Shadows of Freedom. I'm Elaine Robisto. I'm the co-director and producer of Shadows of Freedom. And I'm Amos Carlin, uh, also co-director, co-producer of the film. And we're happy to talk with you today, Connor. Now, happy to have you guys. Um, this documentary is about the uh, Jewish resistance force in Algiers during World War II. Um, so how did you first hear about these these group of Jewish resistance fighters and what led you to the story? Uh, so it was actually my mother who, who's the executive producer of the movie uh, because she was the one who really brought this story to light. Um, she, she, just a little bit of background on her, she's a scholar of North African Jewish history, that's her specialty. She was born in Tunisia uh, just before the war um, in North Africa, Tunisia borders uh, Algeria. And uh, she's very well versed on, you know, all things uh, or almost all things uh, related to that subject. And uh, she came across uh, this book that we mentioned in the movie um, in, a, uh, in a little bookstore in Jerusalem uh, about eight years ago. And uh, this book, recounted the story of these resistors, and she was shocked that she had never known about this story. She never learned about it. Um, clearly, it, it had an effect on, on her life because uh, she, she probably wouldn't have made it out of the war without this resistance and the, the Allied mission that had helped uh, Operation Torch. So uh, she, she, brought the, she brought the story to my attention, 
can, and maybe I'll, I'll let Arlene uh, speak to that if you like. Uh, sure. Thank you, Amos. Um, I came on board um, at which point the financing, uh, Amos, Amos was able with his mom to uh, get private funding in order to bring this to the next step, which is basically going and finding um, uh, the sources, the research, um, and going into production. And that's when I came on board, and uh, both Amos and I sort of worked di diligently in order to uh, get this moving forward uh, for the last couple of years. Now, it's interesting that this film, this this story is a part of a larger story of Operation Torch, which is the Allied sort of retaking of North Africa, which, as you say in the film, is not much discussed these days. Um uh, uh, why do you think uh, bringing attention to this to this specific part of it, but also the larger story of Operation Torch, is important today? Thomas, do you want to um, answer that? Sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll start with that. Um, so, you know, when we were making, as we started making this movie, um, we had one goal in mind, and that was to tell the story of this amazing resistance movement in Algiers. But as we did more research and as we you know, interviewed the, the, the people that you see, the, the academics and experts that you see in the movie, it, it soon became apparent to us that this story, that, that, as you said, the, the, the sort of overarching story of Operation Torch is actually a really fascinating one that has not gotten its due. So that sort of became a secondary theme to us uh, for the movie, and clearly it's important in, in really understanding the, the whole scope of the movie and understanding what these uh, resistors achieved. Um, and ultimately, the, as we see uh, at the end of the movie, um, when they, they talk about why it's not very well known, I think the, the quick answer to that is it's a complicated story. And, and the, the, the most complicated part about it is that we are fighting the French, right, or, or the Allies. America, Britain is actually fighting the French. And that's confusing to people because we tend to think, obviously, of, of the French as, as uh, allies, uh, but, but you know their role was uh, kind of gray, which we uh, touch upon in the movie. So it, it, it's a confusing story, and it's, it's just not as easy to tell as obviously the, the invasion in Normandy. Um, so I, I think for that reason, it gets lost. Uh, but it, it, it is certainly, I think, it should be a source of pride for Americans and, and British uh, in terms of what they accomplished uh, in North Africa. And another source of pride for the Americans, and this we came across quite uh, quite by accident. Uh, we uh, researched uh, a historian at the museum, the the, um, the Naval Museum in Virginia, and uh, he was more Chris K uh, Kowalski. Am I pronouncing that right? Kowalski. He was fantastic. He was a fantastic uh, source of of uh, research and great on camera in order to really give us the magnitude of how the Americans needed to to uh, bring their forces together and uh, move out uh, from the naval base in Virginia. And I believe it's, uh, I believe this is still to this day, the largest amphibious distance-wise that uh, the Americans have, have ever done uh, crossing. That, that's... Um, 
with 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 uh, researchers like the, like uh, Kalkowski, how hard was it to find uh, experts who wanted to be part of the film, and were they also aware of the story and were happy to talk about uh, the, these resist- resistance fighters? Well, that's where both Amos and I really um, used our resources of researching and got down into sort of uh, down into the rabbit hole and and. Uh, um, I, I, and also he did, uh, we went online and we looked at books and we researched uh, the, the writers of the books of these, these, uh, historical books. And it was just a matter of, of being confident enough to say, this is a great story and we want to tell it and, uh, cold calling. Yeah, I mean, it was hard to find people that, uh, that knew of the story. And it actually took us, I'd say, a few months, right, Redolin, to, to really find all the right people that were um, that were available uh, to talk to us and that yeah. really knew yeah. the history. Um, because ultimately, it, it is a pretty, uh, you know, both aspects, Operation Torch and then certainly the, the Algerian uh, resistance, they're both uh, so under the radar that it was difficult finding the right people. But, uh, but the people that we did find were, were very enthusiastic. Now, you also have um, interviews in the film with Jose Abelcur, one of the leaders of the resistance. How hard was it to find that, that footage or those interviews with him that really give a lot of context to the story? <laughs> um, I came across this site, uh, this archival site in France, which was amazing. Um, they have probably the most British pâté and Ina, it's called Ina, have probably the the most uh, comprehensive um, archival footage of of uh, anything to do with France, anything to do with uh, politics. Uh, uh, so it was it was still a search, but we were able to come across this fantastic footage that I think uh, gives a voice to uh, uh, to someone who has been deceased for. For, since uh, 2009. Yeah, it, it, it was uh, it, it was actually quite hard to, to find uh, that footage, and we were um, it took us quite some time, right, right, Ellen, before we did that yeah. footage. But once we did, it was one of those things, one of those moments, in, you know, when you're making a movie that just really opened it all up for us. And, and we, as soon as we got that, as soon as we saw that there was actual archival footage of I was just saying, and, and some of the other main resistors being interviewed. We, at that point, I think we thought that we could finally make it a pretty powerful film. It, it wasn't clear to us before that, so it was a very important moment. You also have some sort of animated sequences in the film to illustrate what happened during the fight, how they how they accomplished certain things. Um, where did the idea come from, and how did you create those those sequences? Yeah, that's, um, that's a good question. Part of it, part of it was uh, I, we also used a resource, an autobiography that was written, I believe, in two thousand and uh, right before his death, two thousand and eight, and we interviewed his editor. And in the book, which was quite a massive book, six hundred and forty pages, um, in it, 
describes the 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 uh, the events that led up to the night of. So it was, even though it was very um, uh, sort of written uh, academically written, uh, you were able to sort of uh, see it in your mind's eye what had transpired and how many. Um, how many cells of these resistant fighters were all over the city, uh, one one group not knowing of the other group until the night of, to protect themselves, obviously. Um, and we tried to, uh, we kind of sort of said, well, maybe we should do this uh, by animating it um, and making it a little bit more powerful that way with a voiceover of, of uh, José Abouquer's voiceover. Yeah, I mean, the, the decision to do animation was, I think there are two aspects to it. One, one was that uh, both of them and I agreed that we don't really like reenactments, generally speaking, mm. um, and that they, they come across as kind of uh, cheesy, for lack of a, of a better term. So we felt by doing animations, somewhat crude animations, but we felt that that would be a more artistic approach that would leave a little bit more to the imagination in some ways. Uh, and, and secondarily, it was also a budgetary concern because it would have cost us a lot more to do reenactments. Um, and, you know, obviously, they wouldn't, in some ways, they wouldn't have been as good because if you're showing, you know, for example, we have a scene of like a submarine in the water, there, there's no way we could have done that, you know, as a reenactment, anyways. Um, so, so, certainly, budget played, played a role in that decision as well. Now, of course, uh, World War II is a very well-documented war. There's a lot of films about it. How, did you, when you were making this film, did you try to find a new, a new approach, or did you think about how can we make this stand out from other World War II films? I think the sheer fact that it is an unknown story that really was the first time that the Americans came into the war. Uh, and I think we... We were fascinated by the fact that it took Churchill three or four years to convince Roosevelt that um, uh, to come in, come on board with him. Um, that to us was fascinating. Uh, the story of these these young, mostly students, uh, who had nothing to lose but but their lives. Uh, that was also uh, um, something that was not told before in that context. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think also um, it, 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 it's a really good question because it, at, at the same time as this is obviously very well-traveled ground, World War II history, we wanted to, at, at the same time as we were telling the story that hadn't been told before, we also wanted to make sure that people had proper context and we, we couldn't assume that people knew that much necessarily about World War II. So that, that's why we, we put in those two newsreels um, to, to make sure that the, the viewers had some understanding of the context of what happened in Algiers and, and Operation Torch and why those were important moments in World War II. I think the film really gets into a fascinating um, exploration of the idea of patriotism versus nationalism, the idea of these, these, these resistance fighters. These were French Jewish citizens who, you know, knew what was happening in Europe and they were realizing they were going to lose everything, but they still believed in their country and wanted to fight for it versus nationalism, which is the idea of invading other countries. So was that kind of the core of the film for you, this idea of 
the difference between fighting for what you for your country versus using your country's uh, image to conquer other people? Um, I I truly when I came across that in his autobiography, uh, both Amos and I decided this is a core of of really what um, why you fight for your country. You fight for your patriot. You're you're trying to fight for freedom. And you're not trying to destroy or conquer another country, and so it resonated with both of us, I think, as as to the um, the core of of uh, of these young uh, these young students that were fighting not only for their lives but also for their their country. Yeah, and that quote is directly from Jose Abouquer's writing in his autobiography, and. The other thing that we loved about it, and while we finished the film with that, is that we felt that it resonates truly today as well. Um, and you know, it, it kind of spoke to the to the timelessness of that idea of patriotism versus nationalism. Yeah, definitely, I think it resonates today. And now that the film is available online, um, what do you hope people will get out of the film when they watch it? Thank you guys so much. It's been been great talking to you guys, and I'm really, you know, really enjoyed the film, and I hope people check it out. Thank you so much, Connor. Take care. So that was my interview with the directors of the documentary Shadows of Freedom. The film is now available to rent online from Gravitas Ventures. So if you're interested in this in this film, uh, definitely check it out. I think if you're a World War II buff, it's it's a must see. But also, I think. it's important because, yeah, it's a story that it's a new angle on things we think we know or, or we've heard about, but it shows different people in World War II and how they reacted and what they did to stand up. And they may not be as famous as some others, but they deserve to have their story told. That's all we have this episode of One Week Only. As always, stay safe and you know, support your local cinemas. And uh, check out these independent films online, either through VOD or through virtual cinema. And, uh, you know, we hope we can all go back to movies as soon as is safely possible. But uh, you can find more episodes of One Week Only on Facebook, Twitter, 
uh, Instagram. Give us a like or a share, retweet. Find all our episodes on iTunes and SoundCloud. And uh, we hope to talk to you again soon. But until then, I'm Connor. Thank you for listening.